Welcome to the Kingdom Community. Many in the body of Christ long for authentic community and a spiritual family to belong to. We exist to connect, equip, and send you into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God on the earth. To learn more about us, please visit kingdomcommunity.global. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome to Kingdom Community. My name is Glenn Blakeney. I am so excited that you've joined us today. We have a powerful interview planned with my guest, Yvonne Hale from Perth, Australia. Yvonne is an anointed woman of God that just flows in an apostolic anointing. The Lord is using her to travel to the nations of the world to work with over 750 churches, providing covering in different ways. Guys, she has a powerful testimony of how the Lord got a hold of her and changed her life. And she's a message for us that's challenging us to get back to the very basics, to do the things that the Lord has called us to do as his church in this season. She speaks about the church being a church of no frills and our Christian walk being really just getting back to the basics. I know you're going to love the interview with my guest, Yvonne Hale from Australia. Blessings as you watch. Well, welcome, Yvonne. We're so glad to have you at Kingdom Community. I'm really looking forward to hearing your story. Blessings. Oh, wonderful. I am so blessed to come on here and have a chat with you tonight, today, or this morning, whatever yeah. time that happens to be. Yeah, really blessed. Thank you. Right. Well, hey, Yvonne, you're in Australia, so it is the other uh, side of the world and different time zone, obviously, but we're so glad that you jumped on and uh, we're talking about the kingdom, the call of God upon your life, your ministry, how the Lord's changed you. Just a powerful story and uh, just a trophy of God's grace is what you are. So let's talk about the beginning. How did you come to know the Lord? Tell us a story. Sure. This is my best story. I love this story. I never get over this story. There isn't a day that goes by that I, that I don't thank God that somehow in the midst of this whole world, he identified me, zoned in on me and saved me. Um, I was 17 when I was saved. I had previous to being saved. I had no desire for God whatsoever. I was from, I'm a first generation Christian, so I had no exposure to wow. Christianity, to the Bible, to anything like that whatsoever. I was one of seven children um, and I was the youngest daughter of five girls, so the youngest girl. Um, and I was known as the black sheep. So out of that whole family, God put his hand upon me and he began to draw me. And I remember two months before I was saved, I remember beginning to feel very guilty and very sinful which was unheard of for me because I had no conscience prior to that. I was very a very rebellious young person, um, probably from the time I was 13 to 16. I became extremely rebellious. I had no conscience when it came to right and wrong. And I remember often saying, I don't care if they think that's wrong, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I had no conscience when it came to sin or anything like that. I was just straight down the line, a rebel, and I did what I wanted to do, basically. No consciousness of righteousness. But then I began to get this growing consciousness of sin. And with that consciousness of sin became, uh, came a desire for righteousness. 
and I remember starting to feel really dirty and sinful and just like, oh, I don't want to be this person anymore. I had this drive to become clean. It was like I was running around looking for a place I could just jump in somewhere and wash and get clean because I felt so dirty. And the more I got sort of closer to my time where I received the Lord as my saviour, the the more heavy the sinfulness or the conviction of sin became on my life and the desire for righteousness was so deep and so um just so had come upon me and i was doing things in my own strength to try to get clean and to try and get righteous and to i even bought a bible before i was saved and began to try and read this bible but i couldn't read it i couldn't understand it this is crazy and I remember just wanting to get clean and wanting to be a good person, wanting to be a righteous person. And that was just such a foreign thing for me. And it could only be the spirit of God. Um, and uh, just out of the blue, I um, I met a Christian. And I he this person told me about the Lord Jesus Christ. And all he said, the basic raw gospel, the ABCs of the gospel, he told me basically I was a sinner. Um, he talk, talked about Jesus' death on the cross, his resurrection. He talked about the fact that Jesus had a plan for my life and he could clean me up. And I loved that because when he said he could clean me up and I could be delivered from all of my guilt, because I had so much guilt. I mean, I was only 17. So imagine if God had got me when I was 40 or something. I would have just been so, <laughs> I probably would have been caked in it all. But I did feel so sinful. Um, and when he said to me, he would take away every sin you've ever committed. He can give you a brand new start and he's got a plan for your life. I'm just like, tell me what I have to do. Wow. And he invited me to a meeting and I went to a meeting the following, I think it was the following Sunday. It was a, a meeting and it was a big open air meeting, a crusade. And, um, there was a preacher. I didn't actually even listen to the preacher. I just knew God was going to do something in my life. I was right up the back. There were crowds of people and they gave this invitation at the end and it was who wants to give their heart to Jesus and I was right at the back I had taken six other girls with me being the leader I was I was the bad leader in those days I had taken six girls with me and uh, I looked around at the girls and I said who's coming I'm going forward and one other girl went with me and I ran from the back to the front to receive Christ as my savior and I'm telling you, it was just the most amazing moment that I can ever remember. And I just know so much inside me shifted. I couldn't, I can't really comprehend it, but it was just marvelous. I had a beautiful old lady who um, went through the after sort of salvation prayer with me. And she, because it was right. a public salvation prayer, we all prayed it together. And yes. then I, she came and she just said to me, she showed me a white piece of paper and she said, this is your, this black side first she said that was your life first it was all black and then she turned it around she said this is your life now and it was all white and for me that was like yes it's all white and i wow. felt so good. i felt so cleansed and so blessed and so so all of that was full of zeal for the lord wow but yeah that's that was the that's, beginning. A, <laughs> that's an amazing testimony and what i love about it is you know it's so profound and deep and at least left uh, such a mark on your life obviously transformed you it was authentic and i just think yeah. about what jesus said when he said no man can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and of course the holy spirit was working in you it wasn't just like someone was trying to 
convince you and and you know use apologetics or persuasive tactics to bring you to a place where you acknowledge jesus there was a work of the holy spirit in your heart in your life uh, that was preparing you and and just basically the soil was ready for the seed wow mm -hmm. so so powerful so Yvonne, since that time, uh, obviously, you've done a lot. I'm, I'm familiar with your ministry. You've been active in many nations and not just in Australia. But how did you get involved in ministry? Tell us that um, story. Well, I became the Christian and I just went full on all out for the Lord. I was actually, believe it or not, converted in a Church of Christ evangelical church i was not wow. converted in a pentecostal church i was converted in an evangelical church um but i was discipled really well in the word i was discipled mm. i was i went to meeting after meeting bible studies you name it i was there uh they would often give the call at the end who will go into the nations and be a missionary and i'd be out there running out the front i'll go lord i'll go lord i wanted to go and i wanted to serve the lord i just had that passion and that desire um, and it was just on me and it was a fire inside of me. I wanted to go and share Jesus with everybody and, and, uh, and all of that. And, you know, the funny thing was is that I began to go through a season um, where the Lord began to really work deeply in me. So that surface zeal began to uh, not leave me, but it was like the Lord had began to do a really deep work in me and began to, um, kind of take some layers off me okay. and began to show me that there was very little that I could ever do without him. Um, and that's a process and that's a huge long story. And I don't know if you want to go into that story this time, but that was a huge process. So what I'm trying to say is I didn't go to the nations with all right. of that zeal, all of that desire. I even went to Bible college. I went to Bible college. I wanted to be a missionary. The doors just didn't open for me. What did open for me was a, min a ministry, a, a marketplace ministry. And I began, I did, I studied, I um, became, I, I just began to step out into jobs. And I had so much favor in the workplace. Um, and God put leadership on me. He put management on me. Everywhere I went, I would be at a place for six months and I'd be promoted to the manager of this or the manager of that. And I became a real expert in my field. So my, my field, I'm, I, I became an extremely good trainer, a very good leadership coach, mentor. And I was, I found myself flying all over Australia, flying all over the world delivering and uh, and consulting for all of these huge companies getting all this amazing money wow <laughs> so um yeah it was amazing i'm just like well what happened to the minute the ministry and what happened to the mission field so i accumulated you know lots of things with my money as well and i also accumulated quite a bit of debt and i remember um it was like god just drew me back again i can't even remember the moment in time when he just gave me this empty feeling and it was mm. like oh that was wonderful i believe the lord used it to shape me as an apostle to shape me in the giftings of being able to manage organize administer be able to see a big picture you know to, to be able to um 
direct um, a project and see it through it to its completion, all of that. Yeah. I would never have really known those processes had, yeah. had I not been through all of that. The other thing the Lord did as he used me or used it for my growth was that he gave me a lot of confidence with people. Um, I think one of the greatest giftings that he, he gave me in the marketplace was my capacity to connect with people mm. at every level. I could connect with the person that was on the street that was unemployed to the uh, people that have just got their doctorates and their, you know, I, just, God gave me this lovely ability to connect and he groomed that and fashioned that. So, again, I got to that place where I just began to say, okay, well, I've done that. I've got there. That was exciting. But, God, what now? I got the BMW. I got the money. I got the flights. I got the recognition. I got the profile that I wanted or that I, you know, it, was, it satisfied me. Not that I was chasing it. It was almost like God gave it to me. Mm. And I enjoyed that. And I began yeah. to, um, I just long story short, um, Somebody called me in the middle of the night. It was very strange. A prophet from Singapore. Uh, in okay. between all of this, I had become a Pentecostal, and the Lord had done amazing things with me and gifted me, and all of the all of the other beautiful things. Out of the blue, from Singapore, and this prophet said to me, "You must go to this meeting on this particular date. This particular man is going to be a part of your destiny." And I'm like, "Oh." Okay, Lord. Well, Lord, you know what? I've got a, a consulting job here on Friday and this and that, and how am I going to go? But it kept coming back to me. It was a bit like the conviction of sin, but it was a right. different conviction. The conviction of I want you where I want you to be, Yvonne. I've got something I want to tell you. And I walked into this meeting, uh, and there was Dr. Reg Marias, who is my covering to this day. That's when I first met him, and he was really the, I guess, the... Um, the person that God used to not only prophesy over my life, but to give me the blessing of covering me and sending me out. And, mm. and just, you know, he's just a wonderful man. I'm just very blessed to, to have that relationship of trust with, um, with the church, with Dr. Reg, with their ministry. I, just, I love that, that covering. And it was just from there. I then began to go out. I began to, think about the prophecy that was given and it was that I would travel the nations, I would become a, a, a mouth, a, a mouthpiece for the Lord and the fire of God would come upon my life and this and that and that. And I began to listen to that, pray about it. And I then began to focus on, right, Lord, well, the next part of my life is going to be for you. And uh, I said, Lord, whatever invitations come in, I'm going to accept them. And I yeah. just began to accept the tiniest of invitations. My first, um, my first um, preaching engagement was a very small village in India, and I preached to I think about eighty Hindi women. And I remember saying to the Lord, I had all my notes with me. I wasn't. I, I at the now I don't even use notes. I'm just so caught up that I'm. I'm like, okay, God. I do a lot of preparation when I preach and wow. I, and all that, as in I read the word a lot and I pray a lot and all of that. But once I get up on that stage, all of that goes and the Lord takes over and he says what he wants to say. But yeah. in those days, I was just like, oh, here's my notes, my three-point sermon and all of that. And I did that. And I said, well, Lord, if this works tonight, I'll know you've called me to the nations. And a lot of those women came up and received Christ that night and they were all in tears and I was able to pray with them and, and then just started years of travel traveling everywhere hmm. you know wow. and, and wow. that's how it developed just just yeah. stepping into the opportunities 
you said so much there, honestly. I mean, the capacity that God was creating in you, and I, I don't mean that you talked too much. I'm not saying <laughs> that. I, I'm saying it was very deep. So mm -hmm. God was preparing you in the marketplace. You know, he had called you, but he didn't release you for, right away. There was this process where he was working in your life, preparing you, building into you, right, for what he's called you to do. And then, as you said, that covering is so important. We need that so much to have that covering. And going out and just doing things on our own, it's so much harder. Uh, and then the next thing I hear from you that is so powerful is you took the, the, you, the hump, really the lowly seat, as Jesus said, and you served whatever opportunity the Lord gave to you, you served in that. And uh, the Lord, obviously, as the Bible says, if we're faithful and little, he gives us more. Absolutely. So, where where have you gone in the world and and tell us just a few few of your stories from your travels absolutely okay so um i've been to pakistan a number of times um i'll just quickly go over the countries and then i'll, I'll tell you a couple of stories i've been to most of the countries in africa i've traveled to africa numerous times i've traveled to nepal bangladesh uh, mongolia uh, brazil Car uh, caribbean um i haven't been to haiti yet um and i've been to the u.s obviously um i've been to peru I've I've been um, all over Australia, obviously. Uh, let me think. Oh, UK, Ireland, Europe. I've been to a number of European countries um, and just many Asian countries. I've been into many, many different, uh, you know, all sorts of places. And the funny thing was when I began all of this, not many people were doing that then. And mm. I just stepped out. And I know we're supposed to go out with two, but I always met someone at the airport. So I always thought they were my two because I always met a ministry at the airport on the other end. So I, I went out by myself. I went right. to Pakistan and I'll give you a story if you like. I remember when yes, I went to Ghana. Please do. And Ghana please do. was a very, um, it was very early on in my ministry. And I remember um, getting to Ghana and when I got to the airport, I, my case didn't come. And I was going straight to a conference. It was like a pastor's leaders conference to preach. And all I had was I had these terrible clothes and I was boiling hot. And there I was stuck at the airport with no case. And that case didn't end up coming like for five or six days, as it turned out. Um, so right. I ended up uh, meeting the, the, the people came to the airport get me they took me i said you're gonna have to take me shopping so we went shopping and i bought this nice shirt this nice suit and off i went and i walked into that you know and i felt so tired and i felt so like lord how on earth am i going to preach i'm exhausted i've got no no clothes how could this happen to me <laughs> you know i was like very new in ministry but i was like i'll do it anyway but oh lord this is i'm not prepared for this and i think the lord uses these situations because he wants to be glorified and the less we are all perfectly in control and got it all together, the more he can just do what he wants. And I remember when I walked into that meeting, all, you know, got my dress on and whatever it was, my suit, and I walked in, I took that microphone and I think I began to roar for the first time. And I was just like, wow, this whole new anointing came on me. And it was just so wonderful. But that was one little story and that was a beautiful meeting and we were so blessed and so many of the pastors and leaders were blessed and, and all of that opened up so many other things. And one other thing that happened during that trip as well, we were driving along going to the next meeting 
remembering that these people didn't have limousines or Mercedes. We were in a very hot, old, broken old taxi. It wasn't a really glamorous taxi at all. We were sitting there and I was sitting in the back and I'm going, oh, Lord, I was in tears. I'm thinking, Lord, I've just done that preaching and now I'm going to do this preaching and I've got no case with me and I don't even know where I'm going to stay now and blah, blah, blah. So I was going on, I was sitting there in the car and then the next minute we were pulled up at the lights. We came up to these lights. There was myself, there was a sister in the Lord next to me, a Ghanaian lady, she's a beautiful uh, apostle herself and then there was the taxi driver at the front and then these two guys get into the car with two rifles and I'm like, oh no! <laughs> Wow. What am I going to do now? And I'm just like, oh, Lord. So they were really in there. They they wanted money, so we had to give them money. So we wow. gave them money, and they were they had no, no, no mercy on us. They just wanted the money, and I'm just like, I don't want to lose my life. So we gave them some money, and then off we went. Um, and, and that was actually, I think we were on our way to a refugee camp and that was a, uh, where 25,000 people live and we were having a big right. crusade and that was such an amazing experience to do that. And again, that was pretty early on in my ministry as well. Right. Or ministry. Um, but yeah, it was just, again, I've noticed how God works and I might be getting off track that maybe it's an encouragement to someone else that it's, it's yeah. usually every meeting usually something comes up where the enemy hammers us and we get there no matter how well prepared we might be no matter how all you know we've got it all there something there's a spanner thrown in the works and we're we're just like all undone and then all of a sudden we've got to crawl up to that stage regardless of what's going on and we just need to get up and we preach and i think that the enemy hates it when we push through some of those things that we go through because there's so much warfare when we are out there preaching the gospel and seeing yeah. people saved, seeing people healed, seeing people go into their destinies. The devil hates that, you know. Yeah, yeah so. absolutely. And I love that because you're not just, you know, a lot of ministries, in all due respect, I don't mean this uh, disparagingly by any means, but a lot of churches and ministries, you know, they just take up space. But God has called us to take territory, you know, to preach yeah. the kingdom. The kingdom mm -hmm. is coming. So when we do that, then obviously there's going to be pushback from the enemy. And yeah. one of the signs of an apostle is obviously in, in 2 Corinthians 12, 12, talks about uh, perseverance as well. Not just miracles, but perseverance and pushing through, oh, as you said. Oh, you know, there's some really big stuff that we are expected to push through. If we want to be successful in ministry, we have to be prepared for that stuff and push through it, mm. you know. Yeah, that's that's so uh, so important. Wow. Yeah. yeah thanks, for, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So obviously that's one story. You've got many, many different stories. But let's just talk about um, Yvonne Hale Ministries International. What uh, are you active in doing? I, I know you basically cover a lot of churches as well. So just share with our, our listeners, our viewers, what you're actively involved in doing, some of the different arms of your ministry. Sure. Okay, so the churches. So I have basically YHMI, which is Yvonne Hale Ministries International, have partnered partnered with Anoint the World Ministries or LFCC Global. Um, I've partnered with them to manage the international arm of their ministry. Okay. So when I'm out there on the mission field or when I'm out there running around preaching and teaching and going to different places, 
I have found that people just particularly people that are out there and they don't have spiritual parents, they don't have anyone to relate to. They're just a small community of people, often very poor or just very in need of this, you know, the substance of Christ in their lives. Um, the, they often they will gravitate to you. And, and that's how it all started. The whole uh, church plant planting covering thing started with me going out to Kenya. It was a visit to Kenya, uh, one of the early trips it was. And I remember at the end of the uh, conference I went to there, there was a, a, a group of churches, there were 17 of them in Kenya, Rift Valley in Kenya, and they had just lost their apostle, uh, their oh. bishop, as they would call it, and they were yeah. without a mother or a father. And they just said, can we join you? So I started with the 17 churches and we've grown it up to 750 churches. So wow. I well, you know, what it's been is it's been a process of how do you manage 750 churches and what can I give that's quality to the churches in order to make it better for them than what it was when they came in. So there's all sorts of things involved in that day-to-day -day things. I mean, it's not uncommon for me to wake up every morning to a whole list of things that are going on in that church or that church or that uh, that area or that area, you know, copious amounts of things, issues and conflicts and problems and uh, those sorts of things that you need to sort out. So basically, as a, as an, uh, as a having been in the marketplace, I was able to sit down and say, okay, I've got to construct some processes here. Right. So I've constructed some uh, processes, policies and processes, and basically looked at the whole big picture and said, well, how can we make this function in a way that we can bring consistency across our brand? Because it's our brand. At the end of the day, our brand is Jesus. But right. they are right. under a covering um, as, as they would know it as LFCC Global. So how can I bring something of, of substance and value to these churches, to these beautiful pastors, to the congregational members and streamline and, and, uh, and help them to, mm. uh, so that they are better than uh, what they were when they came in. And it's been an interesting process. It just has been a process. But again, the Lord has given me the skills to be able to evaluate things from a big picture perspective and then be able to put in processes to, to, uh, to address issues and problems. I seem to be a good problem solver. The Lord's given me that ability. So it's, so we've done that. So with that has come all sorts of things like Bible college studies, um, workshops and seminars so that we're providing information and teaching to our churches. We're not just providing material things. Um, and we do want to do that. Um, that's our heart. We want to be able to provide material things. I think the Bible is very clear that we should be supporting the poor. Um, I don't think we look at that enough as Christians. The Bible does say that. And we should be helping our brothers and sisters too that are poor. The Lord has a real heart, I think, for those people that live in poverty. Um, yeah. So there's all of that. Um, and then there's all of the other things that come with I guess, working with a group of churches and how do I provide for them in those mm. different areas, materially, spiritually, counselling-wise, leadership, management. How do we teach pastors to be leaders? How do we teach pastors how to live healthily, not not from a toxic mm. mindset, all of those sorts of things. So there's, out of all of the, the sort of the things that God has placed in front of me with these churches and people, the Lord has enabled me to develop tools 
I suppose right. you could call them to, which are, are part of the ministry arms. And I think I said we have boot camps, we have internships. It's wonderful having internships because we have churches for our interns to go out to to practically wow. get experience on the mission field. I mean, mm. I can send them all over the world. So if I hear people saying, well, I haven't got anything to do and the Lord's called me to the nations, but, you know, I'm waiting for some great big thing to happen. I'm saying, well, hang on a minute. I've got a church out there. I can send you there next week and you can get some experience to build up your portfolio for when God is going to use you in the nations, as you call it. Right. So, yeah, all, all sorts of things have sort of flowed from that. Yeah. Hey guys, Glenn Blakeney here. Thank you so much for watching the Kingdom Community Program. Man, I'm telling you, we are blessed by the growth that we're seeing. People are tuning in from all over the world, both to the podcast as well as the online television show. You can learn more about our broadcasting platform, Kingdom Community Television, by going to kingdomcommunity.tv. The ministry hasn't developed by me sitting there with a big blank piece of paper and saying, I'm going to do it like this. I had no intention to build a ministry, but I did have every intention to go out and preach the gospel. I had every intention to go and love people. I had every intention to go and help people. I had every intention to go and teach people how to how to uh, love Jesus more and how to be loved by Jesus, you know, or how to sense his presence and all of that had all of that in my mind, but I had no no thought of I'm going to build this big ministry. It just began, the, the needs came. So I developed, it was a bit like chasing my tail. I was like putting out fires and for, for a season there, it was all about oh, getting an understanding of what God was doing, what's needed here, what do I need to develop, what do I need to design? Because a lot of the things I do have been designed by myself. A lot of the when I say myself, the Lord has helped me. Right. Um, and it's just been, it's been a case of, I only went out to preach the gospel. I didn't go out to, you know, be a sensation. I just went out there to preach the gospel and love. Um, right. And all the other things began to become needs. It was just like, well, we need to have this. We need to have this. We need to have this. Because if we want to love and we want to serve, then we have to have this in order to give this to the ones that we're serving. So it just all began to develop itself. Now, as I listen to you, Yvonne, I'm like thinking, because the way I think, uh, you know, I think apostolically, and I see this trajectory that you've been on and how the Lord has been preparing you, bringing you to this place, and he's given you the uh, grace to really develop these strategies and, and systems and so on and processes, as you said. And yeah, and that's powerful because it's really part of the apostolic in governing and in leadership in that way. So that's clearly a grace and a gift that's on your life. Now, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, um, some of the specific things now that we are in this different season, sometimes, um, you know, we refer to this lull, this time out, so to speak, that COVID has given the church in many respects as, as an opportunity to reset and uh, recalibrate things. So you are very clear that we need to hone in on what God is saying. So to you specifically, what is God saying about this season? Well, I think the Lord is saying to us yeah. to come back 
to the things that are important to his heart. Mm. To come back to the word of God and to identify those key things that are vital to the heart of God and find our groove and run in that place. I think we've had too much too much too many frills if you think about um you know you've got too many frills we've had so many frills and i think the lord is i you know my prayer has been lord i just want to be a real christian hmm. i want to be a lover of you i want to love others yeah. i want people to look at me and say oh, there's something amazingly different about that woman or that person but in order to do that, I've got to get back to my first love. I've got to get back to the word of God and eat that word of God as if there were no tomorrow. And I've got to come aside and cut out all the junk, all yeah. the stuff that distracts. The Bible yeah. says that in Hebrews, doesn't it? Hebrews 12. It says to, to come away from all of the distractions, to cut them all away, to see, see them all go. And then to begin to see the Lord, I almost see it like a when he made the way for Moses, when Moses went across the Red Sea for, with the, for the Israelites. I see that he's making a way for us. He's making a way for us, I see. And I see that we are still, even through COVID, there are still people on the sidelines, Christians, that are still into the frills, mm. the sensations and the, the sensational and the frills and the things that mean nothing to the heart of God. And he's saying, I feel he's calling us into a straight line. I feel he's calling us into, uh, into getting into line and starting to really submit to what the word is telling us in not just in this season, but in every season. He's calling us out of, uh, uh, out of compromise. He's calling us out of, uh, you know, sort of hidden sin. He's calling us out of, um, uh, things that we may have thought, oh, that's okay. It's not okay anymore. Come on. It's not okay anymore. And I just feel he's, especially for us as ministers, I feel he's saying, if we want to move to those higher levels in him, in our ministries and see the Lord just do the amazing through us, the Ephesians 3.20 through us, yeah. now unto him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we could ever ask of, dream of, or even imagine in accordance with the power that is at work within us. He's saying, I want you to get in, into a straight line because God isn't a God of confusion. He's not a God of all over the place God. Right. He's a God that's making a straight path, I believe. Yeah. And my sheep hear my voice, the strangest voice they do not hear. My sheep hear my voice. And I think it's for all of us to really begin to say, well, what is your voice? Where's your voice? I'm listening for your voice because his voice has a sound as well. His heart has a sound. His voice has a sound. And I, I for another thing I do in my ministry is I record audios of teaching. So I just go through Bible books books of the bible chapter by chapter and the reason i do that is because i believe so strongly in reading the word of god out loud i believe that when we read the word of god out loud it it has a has a way of just sowing itself into our dna more than it does if we're just reading the word and thinking it through i i actually verbalize it and i read it chapter by chapter and what i started doing was i began to record myself so i could play it back i was doing it for myself my own building myself up
And then I began to say, well, I'm going to start to share this. And I be, I begun to now share these books out. And the Lord gives me amazing revelations through this. But again, it's keeping us into or on this way or this path, this narrow path. Yeah into uh, that's going to lead us into i believe a very wide place in him and that wide place is his glory right yes, amen that's how i feel i feel it's it's been a real cleanup time and i think wow. we, we all have to do things differently now there's no time to waste come on you know? yeah yeah there so is. good so good now hey we're in a time for sure where god has raised the bar He's calling us up higher. He's wanting to purify his bride, so to speak. And and I really believe what you've said is the importance. It's really going getting back to the basics, you know, um, keeping the main thing the main thing. And we've been distracted. Look, we need to become the church with no frills. We have a supermarket in Canada where I'm from called No Frills. Yeah. And the church of no frills and and our walk with God in that sense of surrender, of holiness, of yeah. prayer and communion and intimacy with the Father, hearing the voice of the Lord, so important. And honestly, you said it, Yvonne, you said, you know, Jesus, quoting Jesus, my sheep know my voice. They won't listen to the voice of another. It's so simple, but yet we refuse to do it, many of us. We're busy, we're distracted, we're focused on other things. But how desperately we need to hear from the Lord and we need to go into that secret place, into that hidden place, that place mm -hmm. of brokenness and full surrender to God. So thank you so much for sharing that and the importance of, as you said, the word. And I love that about you is, you know, even before we started recording the interview, you mentioned that the importance of the word and we love the Holy Spirit and we want the manifestation and the demonstration of the power of the kingdom, but we have to be in the word, know the word, speak the word, declare that. You have um, the, the resource you mentioned. Yeah, tell, tell everybody about that and how they can get a hold of that. Sure. So I've got a, a couple of um, MP3 downloads. So they're, they're audios. Uh, they are 101 power confessions. One is who I am in Christ. The other one is blessing and favor. And it's simply 101 scriptures that address blessing and favor and who I am in Christ. And the reason why I did these is because I'm such a great believer in keeping our mind renewed in the word. Because if you are not living in the truth of who God says you are and what God says that you have inherited and what is rightfully yours, then you are living a lie. You're living outside of kingdom truth and kingdom principle. So you're, in other words, your mind is open for anything, any influence, anything else. Um, right. So I did these so that Christians can do the same as what I've done, and that is to keep their mind renewed on a mm -hmm. daily basis. And I love it because you can listen to scriptures when you're in the car. You can listen to scriptures before you go to sleep. I'm speaking those scriptures. There's some beautiful prophetic music being put to those scriptures, and okay. that's that's what they are. Yeah. yeah. That's that's powerful. Thank you. So your website is yvonnehale.com. Mm -hmm. So Y V O N 
E H A L E dot com. So, yeah, go head over there, guys, and check it out, everyone. And uh, Yvonne, in closing, any final words that you'd like to share? We can get distracted by even the things that we consider to be godly. We can get so fascinated and so caught up by um, a method, a methodology, or a process, or a formula in relationship to getting into higher levels that we end up focusing our whole attention on this and we literally get a cold heart for Jesus who is wow. our Savior and our Lord. And I found that the increase of anointing on my life came by two things and two things only. One was that I stepped out and served in all of the tiniest places you could ever imagine. I even stood at the door of my own home church and greeted people for three years. And then I went on from there to do the little into the bigger and the bigger. So number one, the Lord blessed me with an anointing. And then um, number two was through my relationship with Jesus and just having that one-on-one -on -one beautiful personal encounter with Jesus myself. He just richly blessed me in with the anointing. I didn't go to anyone's big seminars. I didn't get taught to do this and do that. I can have many people vouch for that, but I did spend a lot of time on my knees. And I yeah. did cry out to the Lord and I did allow the breaking when the breaking came when the hammers came down and when he began to pull the old Adam life out of me that was still in operation, I submitted to the process. And as I did that, the Lord just kept growing on me the anointing that I carry and I'm just so blessed. But it's so simple. It's so simple. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. We must lift him up because he's enough. We He's the real deal. We don't need... When we, you know, when you hear the ad, it says something about Coca Cola is the real thing. Jesus is the real thing, and He is enough. The substance of Christ Himself is enough to bring us into a place of absolute completion. And I love that about Jesus. And that's in Colossians, by the way. Colossians 1 and 2, you read those two chapters, talks about I am complete in Christ. Wow. Wow. This has been a great um, discussion. Thank you so much for being um, my guest here on Kingdom Community. Yvonne, it's been a real honor having you with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being part of the ministry. If you would like to partner with us monthly, head over to awakenations.org and sign up to become a monthly partner. In addition, if you're looking for training, equipping, we have a new initiative that we're about to launch called On Track. On Track is all about helping you get traction, fulfill your destiny, become the person God created you to be. More information can be found at our website, kingdomcommunity.global. It's an amazing initiative. I know it will help you transform your life, and you're going to see great results as you fulfill your destiny in the kingdom of God. Thanks for joining us today at the Kingdom Community. We trust that you are encouraged as a result of spending time with us. We exist to connect, equip, and send you out into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God. To learn more about the Kingdom Community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. Again, our website is kingdomcommunity.global. Together, we are better.